If you've got a Bible this morning, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 2. So I'm going to blend my testimony into a short message because we've still got 15 or 20 minutes. And because I'm flexible, adaptable, and because you're agreeable, uh, we're going to get in the Word of God a little bit this morning. You know, I've been to Africa several times. Uh, I had the privilege of, of going on several different mission trips and, um, you know, I had some specific things that, that really I wanted God to, to kind of show me on this trip. Uh, a couple of things that I'll, as you're turning to 2 Kings chapter 2, a couple of things in my own life that God really showed me. Number one, he showed me that God's word doesn't return void. And the way he showed me that was I was in Zambia two years ago teaching a conference, teaching a pastor's conference. We were teaching through the life of Joseph. And uh, Larry was on that trip. Uh, I think Justin was on that trip. We had several people that were on that trip. Um, God did some tremendous things. That was two years ago. So when we show up for this trip and we get to the pastor's conference in Zambia, some of those pastors and their, their wives and their families come up to me and call me by name. Abusa J, Pastor J. Abusa J, it's so good to see you. Abusa J, we're so glad you're here. Abusa J, we are still teaching to our people what you taught us two years ago out of the life of Joseph. And as, man, as these guys are sharing that into me, I'm starting to weep. Uh, and then, you know, we go to a couple of the churches. One of the churches in particular, Big Tree Baptist Church, had all the banners and all the artwork that we took over two years ago when we preached that conference. And they said, man, we're still teaching this. Thank you for what you taught us. We're trusting that God will use you to give us more things to learn this trip. You know, I, I got to thinking about that culture of Christianity versus American Christianity. You know, sometimes we don't remember what we learned last week, much less two years ago. Amen? And here are Christians that are so hungry for the Word of God and in so dire need of sound doctrine that they said, man, whatever you gave us, we're going to cling to that with everything we've got. We're going to teach other people. And that teaching from Joseph that, that God allowed us to, God gets the glory. But, but, but God was using those lessons and that material to be taught in those villages and in other villages as some of the key material that, that they had and they were teaching. And so, number one, God taught me God's word never returns void uh, no matter what. And, and sometimes when I, as a preacher, as a teacher, you think, man, is this really landing in the hearts and lives of people? Uh, well, sometimes it does. God's going to accomplish his purposes. The second thing that God taught me on this trip is the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Uh, one day going out to the bush churches, uh, Corey and I had a chance to ride in the back of Dan's Land Cruiser. It's, it's like an like a hour and a half long free massage. Uh. <laughs> And as we're riding out there, one of the translators, uh, Henry Guisi, is sitting in the back with us. Henry is Dan's kind of right-hand man. He is the Zambian uh, equivalent of Dan, uh, and he is the guy that, that Dan leans heavily on uh, for translation and for just cultural understanding and things like that. And so we had a chance to ride with, with Henry in the back, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to ask questions, and so I just ask him some things about the ministry and, hey, how do you guys do this? And when you go into a new area, what does that look like? How, I mean, literally, we are talking, you know, it's hard for us to understand in Huntsville, Alabama, because there's, 
There's churches on every street corner and in between every street corner. But there, literally, they are taking the gospel into villages that, that literally do not have a gospel presence. They do not have a church presence. There is no Bible in these villages. And I'm kind of interested because literally we are on the ends of the earth in areas that the gospel is plowing into these villages firsthand. And I'm like, man, how do you do that? What, how, how does God unpack that and, and allow you? And, and what does that process look like? And he began to explain what it looks like, how they'll go into an area and they'll meet with the chief. And if the chief allows them to get into that particular area, then, then they'll go in and begin a Bible study. And that Bible study may run from six months to a year. And they begin teaching the principles, the key principles of biblical authority and, and what the Word of God is and what salvation is and who Christ is. And it takes a long time to establish the foundation before you can ever really clearly present the gospel so that people can get saved. They don't know Jesus. And so he's walking me through this process. And then I ask the question, man, what does a, what's a typical week for you and Dan look like? And he began to explain, man, on you know, Wednesday mornings we go to this village and we teach, and then on Wednesday afternoon we go to this village, and on Thursday we go to this village, and then Thursday afternoon we go to this village, and Friday we go to this village, and then Friday afternoon we go to this village, and then Saturday's prep for Sunday, and then Sunday we go and preach. Maybe Dan preaches in one church, I preach in another church. And as he is communicating this, you know, it's obvious. Well, there's only so much time, and there's only so many people. The harvest really is plenteous, and the laborers are few. And he told me, man, we, we're really at the limit of what we can do. We need more help. And so, you know, as a pastor, <laughs> that makes me realize that we're all called to go. We're all called to go. God may not call you to go to Zambia, Africa, but he may call you to go right across the street He'll call you to reach this city that you're in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a pastor, it re-solidified my calling to train and to disciple men and women for the ministry. You know, a pastor's job, according to Ephesians chapter 4, God gives the church pastors and teachers for the, for the equipping and the edifying of the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, you are, 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 are blessed enough in this country to have church upon church upon church and pastors upon pastors, and really their focus and their job is to train you, to equip you, to disciple you, so that we all can do the ministry together. And what a sobering realization is that literally on the front lines of the gospel ministry, there's not enough soldiers to hold the line. And so God reconfirmed the, the need to train and disciple leaders and solidified my calling and giftedness to do what God's called us to do. The last thing that God taught me is that God is always on time. And, uh, and the way God taught me that was Dan uh, had been blessed with some uh, audio, audio Bibles or audio players for, for uh, Bibles. And so the way these things work, they're a little solar powered. You know, they're about the size of a cell phone, but they're solar powered and they have an internal memory. And you can load those solar players with Bible in the Chichewa language, which is the language of the people. And so he had the players, but the software to load the players, the disk for the software wasn't working in any computer. And so he has all these players that he wants to put the Bible on, but we can't get the Bible on the players. And if we can't get the Bible on the players, we can't get them out in the villages so that when Dan's not there, the Word of God is still there. 
And so, you know, he emailed me and said, hey, I, I want you to help me do this when you get here. And so I was like, sure, man. Downloaded everything I thought I needed because, you know, may not have internet, believe it or not, in Zambia. And so we get there, and what I downloaded and the players that I'm used to loading weren't these players. These were totally different. And so I'm kind of wigging out a little bit. What are we going to do? On a whim, I said, let me just email the guy, the contact of, of this manufacturer. So I emailed the guy and said, look, man, our software is not working. We don't have a, a product key to load these things, but we got like a lot of these things that need to get out into the village. I'm in Zambia right now. Can you help? Well, a day later, the guy emails back. Here's the software. Here's the download key or the, the product key. You can install this on as many computers as you want. It has to be a you know, PC computer, so they hate Macs in Africa, by the way, just so, just so you know. <clears throat> but this will work on a PC. And so I was like, praise the Lord. I'm thinking, hey, this is a done deal. I download it. I start using the program. I create the files. I do all the things. I load it onto the player. Hit the button. Red light. Doesn't work. Like, man, I did everything. I did everything. I read the manual. I mean, it took me two hours to learn this process. I, I did everything that I knew I was supposed to do. It doesn't work. And I'm praying the whole time, God, do you not want the gospel in this area? I mean, there's such a need. What, what, why is this not working? Kept praying, emailed the guy back, hey, this is not working. And I, it's just this back and forth conversation. Well, then we leave. We go to a different area. We're not at Dan's house. I'm away from the computer. I'm away from the players. We come back. It's the last night. The night before we fly out. I'm in Dan's office. We try one more thing. It doesn't work. And I'm just discouraged. I'm like, here we are. We're going to leave. And there's 85 to 90 of these players that are basically doorstops. Can't be used. I prayed and I was like, Lord, please help us. Emailed the guy one more time. It's like 5.30 at night. And the guy's in South Africa that's helping us. He's in the same time zone. And I'm like, this is a done deal because tomorrow morning we're going to get up, we're going to get in the truck, we're leaving. This guy's off work, so this will just have to be another reason I come back to Zambia next time to fix these. <clears throat> 30 at night, shoot him an email. So we go have dinner. Everybody's sharing their testimonies. The group's sharing their testimonies. We're kind of winding down the last-minute details. My phone dings, and there's an email. 7.30, 8 o'clock. The guy emails back and says, try this. And he sends one little file, and he says, if you'll copy this file onto the player and then copy all that content that you're trying to, to put on it, this may work. And, and man, I just got over in a corner. Everybody was in the room <laughs> talking, fellowshipping, enjoying our last minute together. And I got over in a corner with my laptop, and I just prayed. I was like, God, please let this work. Downloaded the file put it on an SD card, put our Bible stuff on the SD card, plugged it in, hit the button, green light. Green light. And so I turned it up really loud so Dan could hear it across the room, and his eyes lit up, and uh, immediately, man, we scurried up to the office, and we, we just started churning those things out. We got 20 or 30 of them loaded. He knows how to do it. It's all left with him. God is always on time, and I can't tell you, how many times God did that over and over through the trip? Uh, he just proved himself faithful. 
So our theme, our theme that we taught in July was the life of Elijah, and, and the premise was standing with God. And, and we used the life of Elijah to, to, to challenge the people of Zambia to stand with God. Second Kings chapter 2, I still got eight minutes, amen? <laughs> I mean, if everybody else went long, why can't I go long, right? Verse 8, 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, Elijah took his mantle, he wrapped it together, he smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither so that they went over. They too, he and Elisha, went over on dry ground. This is at the end of Elijah's ministry. And it came to pass when they were going over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken up from thee, so shall it be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire unto them, horses of fire, and it parted both of them asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them two in pieces. You know, this is, this is kind of the end of Elisha's ministry. This is a message I preached in, in Zambia. I don't think I preached it here. As a matter of fact, I think I wrote it specifically for Zambia. I, I want to challenge you with four points quickly. Uh, in, in the context of global missions and in the context of leaving a legacy, I think God wants us to, today to realize that we need to stand with God like Elijah did, but we need to stand with God purposely to the finish of our life. And so the first thing I want to share with you is this. Number one, we need to stand with God in the reality of eternity. In the reality of eternity. Because life is short and then eternity. Life is short and then eternity. You know, the book of James tells us that our life is, a, is, is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. And I, I don't know if you can appreciate the brevity of life. There were two funerals that we passed in Zambia as we were traveling and transitioning to the different places doing ministry. We passed by two different funerals on two different days, and, and literally the, the brevity of life became a reality to those Zambians that were standing there watching, and it was a sobering reminder for us that life on this earth is short and then eternity. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 90, that the days of our years are threescore and ten years, 70 years. And possibly by reason of strength, maybe there'll be, there'll be 80 years. But then the Bible says that, that, that it is soon cut off and we shall fly away. Our life is but a vapor. It's short. Jesus Christ himself, his earthly ministry, his earthly life was 33 and a half years. You say, man, that's a short life. 70 years is a short life in comparison to eternity. 80 years is a short life in comparison to eternity. You know, the average lifespan of the Zambian male is 51 years. The average lifespan of a Zambian female is 54 years. The average lifespan of an American male is 78.7 years. A female is 81 years. But I'm telling you that life is short in comparison to eternity. And you and I have to understand the brevity of life now, because the, 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 the way eternity plays out for you and for me is decided now. And there's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee of the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years. 
God's Word tells us that life is short, and then it's cut, cut off, and then we fly away. And, 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 and so my point is, you need to embrace today. What is it God would have you do today? For some of you, you may have heard the gospel over and over and over again, but you never responded to it. Today, friend, is the day to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because life is short, and then eternity, and you don't get a second chance or a third chance, or a fourth chance to make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as the sacrificial payment for your sin, that decision in eternity and where you will spend eternity in heaven or hell is made in this life. And it is secured in this life. And if you're saved today and you say, Jay, I've got that one done, listen, the way your life in eternity plays out at the judgment seat of Christ and the rewards that are given and your place in God's eternal kingdom that is secured in this life. You may say, Jay, I know I'm saved, but I'll get serious about serving God tomorrow. I'll get serious about being discipled tomorrow. I'll, I'll get serious about the ministry tomorrow. Well, tomorrow may never come. And for all of eternity, the consequence of those decisions will be played out. You see, what happens is eternity is secured in this life, and if you're going to stand with God to the finish, that means that you have to count the cost of eternity today. Well, the second thing I want to share with you is this. Look, you've got, you got to consider the cost of standing with God. Elijah is a man that stood with God at the beginning of his ministry, and he stood with God at the end of his ministry, and the reason why is because it happens intentionally. It happens intentionally. And so, and so secondly, I want to encourage you this morning Choose to stand with God intentionally because it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. People that succeed in their walk with God and the ministry that God's called them to, it does not happen by accident. It happens very intentionally. Even in the verses, verses 9 and 10, you have a man named Elisha that's asking Elijah, give me a double portion of your spirit. That is not a happenstance question. That is a very intentional question. I want to be used of God like you were, Elijah. And God, help us to be a people that realize that God is worth walking with and walking for and serving with. Let us be intentional in our request. That means we have to count the cost. That means that we have to count the cost because you will not end your life as a faithful servant of Jesus Christ without making that choice intentionally. And the problem in our culture is the same problem of the culture of Zambia. We continue to halt between two opinions of whom we are going to serve. Today we serve God, tomorrow we serve Baal. Today we serve God, tomorrow we serve our flesh. Today we serve God, tomorrow we serve King Ahab. You gotta make a decision. You gotta make a decision. It happens intentionally, and there's a lot of blanks. I know you have a lot of blanks. We don't have time for it. Number one, you've got to count the cost. Luke chapter 4, any man that intends to build a tower must first sit down and count the cost. Otherwise, other people will mock him because his building is unfinished. You know, the second thing God wants us to learn is that if we're going to stand with God to the end of our life, we've got to learn to reach forward, not to look backwards. Can I just tell you that we've all failed, okay? Your, your pastor, your preacher here, he's got a lot of regrets. I appreciate what Alex said. You know, a brother encouraged him, take advantage of every opportunity. Don't leave any regrets on this mission, mission trip. 
Well, the truth is we all have regrets. If we look back, there's times in our life where we failed, where we stumbled, where we had lack of faith, where we didn't step into what God had for us and, and embrace it in the moment. I want you to learn today that your past doesn't define you. Your past doesn't dictate your, your future course. Yesterday is gone. You cannot change it. But you can reach forward. And you can embrace what God has for you today and tomorrow and the next day until he comes for us or until this life is over. And then, and then thirdly, listen, if we're going to stand with God to the end, we've got to fight to the finish and keep the faith. We've got to fight to the finish and keep the faith. And this life is a fight. It is a fight. We have an adversary, the devil. We have an adversary, our flesh. We have an adversary, this world and the God of this world. And listen, it is a good fight of faith that Paul tells Timothy to fight. And we all have a course. Paul tells us in Acts chapter 20 that he had a course to finish. That God had laid out specifically for him. A journey, a calling, a ministry to fulfill. And at the end of his life, he says, you know what? I finished my course. My course. You see, each of us individually have to figure out what God's calling on our life is. And let me give you some insight. It has something to do with the Great Commission. God won't call you to anything but that. And your calling inside of that Great Commission may be different than mine, but that is the calling. And God has a course for you to finish. And God wants you to keep the faith. The faith is the, the body of doctrine, the teaching, the sound doctrine from God's Word. Keep the faith. Don't turn from it. Don't reject it. Don't, don't, don't mishandle it. Keep the faith. You know, thirdly, what we learn from Elijah is Elijah's life ended in a supernatural exit. It ended in a supernatural exit. And, and we read the story that Elijah was taken up in a, in a chariot of fire, in a whirlwind. That's a great picture. It's a type or a picture of the rapture of the church. It's a picture of, of the saints of God being called up. 1 Corinthians 4, or excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. You know, Titus chapter 2 tells us that we should look for the, the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior. So did you, wake up, did you wake up this morning thinking today could be the rapture? Now, most, most of us probably didn't. But the Bible tells us that's what we should be looking for every single day. We, sh we should actually be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You need to expect, Christian, a supernatural exit from this life. Because the rapture could happen at any moment. I pray it happens before the sermon's over. Now, you may not pray that, but I'm praying even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. If we don't get to the invitation, that'll be okay. Because we'll be with the Lord forever. You know, Elijah lived expecting to be taken from this earth and to be with the Lord. And listen, that, that ought to be our desire every single day. Listen, even if we get 70, 80 years and death is the doorway that God uses to usher us from this life into his presence and into eternal life, every single day we should be looking for that blessed hope. Death is not the victor for the Christian. It's the doorway to eternal life. And it has no sting and it has no power over the child of God. So we don't have to live in fear of it. And again, 33 years, 70 years, 80 years, it really doesn't matter. Because then eternity. I hope you're looking for a supernatural exit. I hope you're looking in the clouds every day for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the last point is this. 
We need to stand with others. You know, Elijah finished his ministry. He finished his ministry, and it's very important that you understand, he finished his ministry not standing alone. There was a man there named Elisha, who was his disciple, who was his spiritual son, because Elisha cries out, Father, Father. <laughs> you know, it talks about the relationship that they had with each other. You know, his ascension, if you'll let me use that word, Elijah's ascension is very similar to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ ascended in Acts chapter 1, and he left his ministry with a group of men called disciples and apostles. And God used those disciples and apostles not because of their strength and ability, like Alex said, but because of the Lord's strength and ability and empowerment of the Holy Ghost. God used them to accomplish greater works than Jesus Christ ever did. God used Elisha to accomplish greater works and ministry, as a matter of fact, twice as much than Elijah ever did. God wants to use you to have an impact in other people's life so that their ministry can be even greater for God's glory's sake than even yours. You know, the, the, the greatest way to go out of this life and to depart from this life into eternal life is with a disciple of Jesus Christ by your side or by the grace of God, two disciples or by the grace of God, four disciples that God has used you to impact in their life so that when you breathe your last breath in this life, there's a fourfold, there's a tenfold, there's a twentyfold ministry for the glory of God's sake that will continue until Jesus comes. Friends, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about, and, and, and I want to encourage you, don't miss it. Do not miss it. You see, it's easy to come to church and hear about what God's doing in Zambia, Africa, and friends, he is doing a lot. But the truth is, he has a lot for us to do here. And it is the ministry of reconciliation that we're called to. It is to stand with God so that God can be glorified through our life in making of disciples to reach this city, to reach our state, to reach this country with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. Don't wait. Because eternity is right, right around the corner. Don't live a life of regret. Don't don't be on your dying deathbed saying, man, I wish I'd have served the Lord more, more faithfully. I wish I'd have made disciples. I wish I'd been more serious about the Word of God in my heart and life. I wish I'd have paid attention because I can't even remember what I learned last week, but I wish I could remember what I learned two years ago. Let's be faithful. He's faithful. Let us be faithful with Him.